When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Week 8, everyone is back. That means 49 wide receivers are going to get ranked today. And these are your top six, according to Hayden Winks' rankings in the description down below. The first six, we'll go three by three. It opens A.J. Brown at the Washington Commanders, Tyreek Hill against the New England Patriots, and Keen Allen against Chicago Bears. A.J. Brown uh, has a 50% target share against man coverage, according to Dwayne McFarlane over there at Fantasy Life. Love that podcast as well. And the Commanders are second in man coverage rate. So pretty good formula for A.J. Brown, who already lit up Washington's uh, defense already. Tyreek Hill usually is my wide receiver one or two. Um, he was on the injury report this, this week, probably going to be fine. A little bit nervous that Bill Belichick will find a way to try to double team him. But at the same time, this is Tyreek Hill, one of the craziest players I've ever seen. He has never had a 100 yard receiving game against Bill Belichick's defense. And that's in six contests. So even when they played earlier this year, five of nine targets for a season low 40 yards, Mm -hmm. uh, but he did score a touchdown to help him get there. The big note there, when they were using man coverage against Tyreek Hill, they were using it with Christian Gonzalez, who is now on injured reserve. A.J. Brown, as you mentioned, I mean, he already caught nine of 13 targets for 175 yards and two touchdowns against this commander's defense. Pretty good. Um, That was also when Emmanuel Forbes was playing a lot. And we know that they like benched him for an entire game and didn't see a single snap despite being a first round pick to like try to get his head back on straight. So we'll see if things get better than that. But, you know, in the past five games, he leads all wide receivers and targets, receptions and receiving yards. So it's like a huge departure mm-hmm. from the last half of last season, plus the playoffs when it was basically A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were even in like targets and everything. It is so clear that A.J. Brown is the lead dog in that wide receiver room. And that's not diminishing the talent of Devontae Smith. He's just not A.J. Brown. Yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, And then Keenan Allen, the only wide receiver to reach 70 yards against Chicago this year is Mike Evans, which is kind of shocking when you consider how bad the Bears have been this year. But again, I think a big part of that is – it gets spread around, and then the running game on top of it. Okay, the next three, then. You have Cooper Cup at the Dallas Cowboys, Amon Ross St. Brown against the Las Vegas Raiders, and Jamar Chase coming off by at the San Francisco 49ers. So I think Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are going to kind of rotate elite wide receiver one week. So I think both of them can pay off with super high rankings. I'm not concerned about last week, Cooper Cup not having the same usual game. And then with Amon Ross St. Brown, Without David Montgomery, I think that this team is a little bit more likely to pass the ball inside the 10-yard line. And this week, Detroit is third in projected points. Yeah. As a team, you have to be fired up to have a Monroe St. Brown. Yeah. I mean, he's had either 100 yards and a touchdown or or a touchdown in every single game this season. And that includes facing that awesome Ravens defense last week. And now they're at home, which helps too. 
looking at this week in general, there's a haves and haves nots, as I keep saying every single week. But right now, the Chargers are back into that elite category. That's why Keenan Allen's ranked so high. And same thing with Amon Ross, St. Brown. Last week for Cooper Cup was the fewest fancy points he has scored in a full game since week 12 of the 2020 season. So Damn, we're in for a yeah. nice bounce back spot. And as for Jamar Chase, because of everything that's going on with Joe Burrow this year, he's running a career high 28% of his routes from the slot. Um, he has caught 23 receptions. He had 25 for the entire 2022 season out of the slot. So we know that if they have to move him around in order to get something going, they are willing to do it. But right. I am also hopeful that coming out of this bye, we've heard that Joe Burrow's taking snaps from under center. We saw him just before the bye look the healthiest he has been all season long. That also means more stuff down the field. And this 49ers defense, on paper, the respect that they get is very high. But let's not forget, Amari Cooper went four for 108. Jordan Addison just went seven for 123 and two. And then Puka Nakua caught 15 passes for 147 mm -hmm. yards against them this year, too. Completely agree there. Uh, not a complete formidable unit, but the Bengals are projected for probably the, one of the fewest points on the week uh, since Joe Burrows got there. All right. We have 42 more players to rank here. On the I, do, I do want to add and remind people because we get questions every single week. I remove all of the Thursday night football wide receivers that are a part of the show. So your Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, Chris Godwins, Gabe Davis, heck, even Cleo Shakur's out there are removed from this list. You can find Haynes rankings, which they are included in the description down below. But it just makes sense not to like try to talk in past tense here a little bit. Okay. Your wide receiver seven still is Devontae Smith at the Detroit Lions. Um, no feelings. I yeah, Devontae with, Adams. with Devontae Adams, the shoulder injury has been a, a pain. Obviously, the backup quarterback play has been a pain, but Jimmy G is expected back even over the last month. He's still the wide receiver nine in usage. The usage is there and the, the Detroit secondary is very injured. We saw them get exposed last week against the Ravens. So uh, this is a total get right spot for Devonte Adams playing indoors. So uh, if, if the lions really get ahead in this game, like the betting markets expect Devonte Adams should eat, uh, should be a little bit healthier this week as well. And this line secondary has been eviscerated by injuries this right. year. Um, I opened this show by talking about the split that we saw last season in the Eagles wide receiver group. We've kind of seen that split this season in the Raiders wide receiver pair. Mm -hmm. uh, they've now run 200 routes this season on the field at the same time, the scoring rich rebar of the worksheet. On those plays, Adams caught 34 of 55 targets for 361 yards and two scores. Jacoby Myers, 36 of 53 targets for 376 yards and four touchdowns. So it's like near identical, plus the touchdown regression uh, has hit favorably for Jacoby Myers, despite both getting about the same exact number of targets inside the 10-yard line. So it's just interesting mm -hmm. how it falls in those two ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, C.D. Lamb is your wide receiver eight on the week. This is against the Los Angeles Rams. We just need the Cowboys to not rank 26 in red zone, right? You know, it's as simple <laughs> as that. And the Cowboys are projected for a ton of points this week. As always, I think that the Rams secondary is one to exploit a lot of inexperienced play. They can't rush the passer. And when Dak Prescott has time to operate, can really pick apart uh, teams as well. So CeeDee Lamb, since the beginning of 2022, he's the wide receiver 11 in fantasy points per game. So I'm kind of 
uh, sitting tight with that ranking. It's not just red zone rate too. It's like second halves. And again, part of that is because they didn't play a normal game until October 16th. CeeDee Lamb has just 23 targets in all second halves this season. And he actually seven of those were in the last game that he played when it was a normal ass mm-hmm. normal game. Let's put it that way. Um, CeeDee Lamb is also playing 65% of his snaps in the slot this year. And the Rams are 20th in yards allowed to slot wideouts at 7.7 yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pukunakua, speaking of that same game, is next for you. Very cool to see Pukunakua still thrive when he and Cooper Cup uh, are in the same lineup. And by the way, they have owned 68%, 76%, and 70% of a team's targets in the three games they have played today. He's been the wide receiver six in usage this month, even with Cooper Cup out there. And this chart is it's one of my favorite things I've done this week was just looking at where Puka Nakua is on these deep middle targets. He is by himself over there. Uh, and those are very valuable targets, very efficient targets. Um, and I don't really expect that to change at all. So Puka Nakua has been an absolute baller. Those sideline grabs he made last week, like literally almost had spit takes. I couldn't believe what he's doing, not just over the middle, but his finesse getting his toes in. I mean, my goodness. Here we are towards the end of October and Adam Thielen ranks as your wide receiver 10 heading into week eight when everyone is available to us. It makes sense. He's also the wide receiver five in fantasy points per game and half point PPR this season, not Satan's game, half point PPR. I want to add, and I want to ask this question really. Should people have any fear of a new play caller coming into this and that altering the output that Adam Thielen has put forward so far through seven games a season? There's only one way this can go, Josh, and that is down. Wow. So I would, I would, I would try to sell him if you can. Uh, he is the wide receiver two in usage. I do believe that he will be the primary read on a lot of these dropbacks. The Panthers have been in major negative game scripts every single week, and Adam Thielen's been the beneficiary of that. We'll see if there's wrinkles with a new play caller, maybe trying to get a little bit more balanced, maybe get the tight ends more involved. But to be honest, Adam Thielen's the only one that seems to have a clue out there, and that's been the difference. I will say I tortured myself and watched some Thomas Brown press conferences this week, and he said how I'm game planning is I'm figuring out what we have done well and just calling a lot of those plays and changing up the personnel groupings and the looks of them a little bit and the formations. And what has been working is throwing to Adam Thielen. (laughs) One thing's worked. (laughs) It's really the only thing. Right, And he's basically like, the things we haven't been doing well, I either scrap them or like we'll try to see if they're fixable. So like we yeah. could just be getting the same stuff over and over again, just maybe with a Most bit likely. more tempo, bunch sets, just different type motion shifts, all right. that type of stuff. And I know it's been shocking to the fantasy community to see what Adam Thielen's doing. But as a reminder, the Panthers probably are not that surprised because they gave him what a three year contract, like thirty eight million dollars. He's whatever stuck it was. in the roster and stuck is the wrong word to use, but he is yeah. absolutely on the roster next season. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll go to tier two. And we'll kick that off with uh, Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk against the Cincinnati Bengals. Is this considering that uh, Debo Samuel is likely to miss this game? This assumes Debo Samuel is out, and this assumes Sam Darnold's in there. And this also assumes that the difference between Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy is not that drastic. Like you mentioned, one of the big differences with this 49ers offense this year is the ability to throw the ball a little bit more downfield with Brock Purdy. I think that Sam Darnold's arm strength and arm talent in general is significantly better than Brock Purdy. Will Darnold be able to point and shoot like Shanahan wants? That's the unquestioned 
uh, part of this equation, but we have seen it in glimpses. So I'm not making drastic uh, movements with Brandon Ayuk and the betting markets still have the 49ers top 10 projected points this week. And Brandon Ayuk is, has like a 30% target share when Debo Samuel's off the field. Not trying to put you on the spot, but we did see Brock Purdy going through like a limited practice yesterday. Does that put him any closer to playing in this game than we would have expected 24 hours ago? He has a chance, but I, I think we just haven't seen it so far this right. year from anyone. And like, unless there's some dark arts, I think with the San Francisco uh, nature and environment, right. um, I don't know how he could do that. Whereas no one else has done it, even though they do have what an extra day versus everyone else. I think there's a part of Shanahan's big brain that he wants to see what Sam Darnold looks like in this offense. Okay. And this would be a good excuse to get him out there. Next is Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle also facing this New England Patriots team. Um, here's a question. I know you have other things to say, but a question for you. Okay. With Tyreek Hill being insane this season and the running game being outstanding is like a true breakout game, like a top seven wide receiver game. I'm not going to say, could it happen this entire season? Cause it's a very long year, but like, what are the odds of it? It seems like far less this year than it ever has been before. I still think it's pretty, pretty strong odds just cause he's such a freak out there this week. Like we said, as long as Jalen Waddle's healthy himself and he's been dealing with back tightness, he's been limited in practice this uh, week. I'm hoping he gets a full practice on Friday, but if Belichick does try to throw more ammo at Tyree kill that opens up one-on-one -on -one opportunities again for Jalen Waddle going up against backup corners, um, no edge rushers as well for New England. So I think it's a good spot for him, especially if Raheem Mostert's dealing with a little bit of ankle injury. All of a sudden, it's like that potency that we've seen with this right. this backfield. You would have to think that things start getting going for Jalen Waddle. He's the wide receiver 24 in usage over this month when we've seen a little bit of the running back usage go back to normal area and New England. Love Bell, Bill Belichick, but they are 25th in passing EPA allowed, largely due to the injuries. And to your point, this is his third straight game in which he was targeted on over 30% of his routes. That's a big oh. departure from the start of the season when it was like 15 to 21%. Right. So they are definitely trying to feature. We talked about it in stats versus film uh, on many occasions lately too. Okay. The consensus wide receiver 22 is your wide receiver 13 on the week in Nico Collins at those Carolina Panthers. We've seen two incredible spike weeks from him. 7-146-1 and one against the Colts, 7-168-2 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then there have also been other contests where he's had four or fewer receptions too. Yeah, that happens. That's the nature of the wide receiver Holy. two category. I will say the Houston Texans are ninth in implied points this week up at 23. So this is not the Texans that you were drafting Nico Collins with. This is a ready-to-go Texans passing offense at six in passing EPA. They've been brutal in the red zone, 27th in touchdown rate. If that regresses, which what, which quite frankly is what we should expect with the offensive line getting healthier post by rookie bumps, CJ Stroud coming out of here. And the reason why they've been so efficient is because Nico Collins and Tank Dell have been working over the middle. Right now, Nico Collins is absolutely balling on these dig routes, these comeback routes, post routes, and CJ Stroud keeps finding them over and over and over the middle. And those are the most efficient targets that you get. Um, so Nico Collins right now, shocking when I look this up, is one of four wide receivers in the NFL to have a yards per route run over 3.0. That is elite, elite yeah. category. One of four. He has the third-year breakout 
everything's there for him. Size, speed, yards after the catch, quarterback system, all that stuff is ready to go. It's time to treat Nico Collins like he deserves to be an upside wide receiver too. Yeah, love that. And I think people might cite his target share and he how he's like wide receiver 33 in that across the league. But it's a bit different when he's being targeted super far down the field. And he's also winning after the catch a la like someone like Jalen Waddle from last season mm-hmm. with his size at 6'3", 215 pounds. And to your point, the Panthers are allowing 11 yards per target to outside wide receivers this year. So this is one of those situations that when we discussed so many Texans players this summer, when they had the second fewest touchdowns scored last year, and that hasn't regressed positively for us, but it was an occasion where, you know, tides lift all boats, lift all ships, right? And if they just went from like awful to average in a number of categories, we would mm-hmm. see the massive benefit of that. And again, this is one of those weeks where you should see that hit for us in terms of fantasy points. Yeah, above average in points yep. and plays now. So we got more than we bargained for. Love that. Okay, next up, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith against the Washington Commanders. Last time these two teams played, seven of nine targets for 78 yards. Uh, but that has been his best performance in quite some time. I will say, is that a coincidence or was that because the commander's secondary has been absolutely lit up down the field near the sideline where Devontae Smith has been operating in that game? 24% target share, which is a little bit better than it has been over the entire course of the season. You would have to think that they want to get Devontae Smith really involved here. As a reminder, the commander's 28th against fantasy wide receivers, and we've seen some absolute blow up games, ridiculous games from DJ Moore, AJ Brown among others. And I think that Devontae Smith has a chance to get there, but the usage is not the same. He's a wide receiver in 35 in usage this month. This is not a second round type of player. It's a yeah. boom bust wide receiver too. That'll move up in matchups. And this is a friendly one. <coughs> Guys, I'm struggling. You know what really? the only cure is? The only cure is uh, to subscribe to the channel to make me feel better after doing, you know, five shows this week uh, on during my flu week, not just a flu game, Hayden, it's a flu week. So hit that, that subscribe happens. button. Yep. Jordan Addison against the Green Bay Packers coming up here. Hayden, we finally got that breakout game. Jordan Addison, two touchdowns, snatching the ball away from cornerbacks after losing one earlier. Your thoughts for week eight? I'm hoping Jair Alexander doesn't play. He has been limited in DNP with the back injury that's kind of been looming for a couple of weeks here. I've talked about in the quarterback ranking show, the Vikings, when they play the Packers, tend to run the ball a little bit more just because of the way the Packers defense um, struggles against the run. That said, Jordan Addison has been everything and more he is a big play threat they are getting him underneath and i think credit to kevin o'connell who loves jordan addison scheming him up in ways that can hide some of his limitations when working against physical corners but that said he even made a physical play last week so he looks like a first round player to me and right now a wide receiver 16 ranking complete is completely justified pick him lobby underdog pick him lobby 58 and a half receiving yards fun stuff hello zay flowers from one rookie to another, this is at the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who have allowed 73.6% of all wide receiver targets to be to be completed against them this season. That's to go along with a 9.7 yards allowed per target. Uh, yeah. Those are both 30th in the NFL. And if you want to know a little bit more about how Zay Flowers is getting his work done right now on the Ravens, latest episode of Scheme. Uh, we dive into Todd Monken plus Lamar Jackson. And man, oh man, is a goodness with Colt McCoy. 
it's a just using different personnel groupings to get matchups that they want. Is that the, I mean, the, my gosh, Patrick Ricard is either a six offensive <laughs> lineman, a tight end or a fullback. And like defenses don't know how to treat him. And right. so despite them putting three wide receivers on the field, then including Patrick card in that. So it's technically 11 personnel uh-huh. defenses then still go in base because they don't want to get run on. Right. And then when that's the case, we can just hit explosive plays and also keep, you know, six blockers or seven with the running back in there too, and then get three routes that are 10, 20, 30 yards on the field. It's pretty amazing. That's a lot to figure out for a very inexperienced defense that Arizona's trotting out there right now. And they're trotting out Marco Wilson, who according to PFF has allowed a hundred more yards than the second worst quarterback or cornerback in coverage. And their other outside corner is a six round rookie. So um, it's no surprise that they've been getting shelled uh, against fantasy wide receivers and Zay Flowers. He's been the wide receiver 23 in usage over last month, and you can just feel Lamar Jackson starting to heat up a little bit more and more. Totally. Okay. After him, it's Terry McLaurin, who has rebounded in a big way when it comes to fantasy football, meaning he received a high target share over the last four games in comparison to the opening three. And the last time he actually played the Philadelphia Eagles, eight of 10 targets for 86 yards. Um, I will add, the nature of Sam Howell is going to be high variance. So I don't know if we can like copy what we saw in that game and plug it into this one. It does scare me. He's going to be under pressure a ton here, but at the same time, Eagles have been applying pressure on with their defensive line, but it's still been getting lit up in the secondary. The commanders have more or less abandoned the run. They're now sixth in neutral pass rate. And looking at the injury report for the Eagles, Bradley Roby's on there. Didn't hasn't practiced this week. James Bradbury has been limited both of them dealing with injuries. There's a reason why the Eagles just traded for Kevin Byard. It's because they don't like what their secondary looks like right now. And Terry McLaurin, just because he's been owning Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel is up to the wide receiver 18 in usage. So scared that the bottom can uh, fall out here with Sam Howell, but everything else is pointing in Terry McLaurin's direction. Jacoby Myers is your wide receiver 18. Anything you want to add there after discussing him and Devontae Adams earlier? Wide receiver 14 on wide receiver 17 usage this month with backup quarterbacks. It's just, I think more balls will go to Devonte Adams over the course of the season. We've seen the worst of Devonte Adams, but still Jacoby Myers looks really good. Michael Pittman, your wide receiver 19 had another awesome catch and run for a touchdown this past week. Uh, we talked about it in the quarterbacks episode of this Colts games have the most plays in them across the NFL. And that just aids, especially when they're allowing Gardner Minshew to throw the ball like 45, 50 times a game. Yeah, it's, I think he's going to be fine. I don't love facing Marshawn Lattimore, but I think the safety play for New Orleans is certainly on my radar right now. The Honey Badger looks really slow. I'm not sure if he's dealing with an injury right now, but a lot of the big plays from the last week were on uh, the honey badger. In my opinion, he's been fine. I I think I trust Minshew. They're going to throw the ball if they fall behind and they play with a lot of pace, lots of fourth down aggressiveness. So it's a good spot for Michael Pittman to kind of PPR scam wide receiver 20 Christian Kirk um, facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is allowing nine yards per target, which is 27th in the league with a 5% touchdown rate, which is 21st in the league to slot wide receivers this year. We know that Christian Kirk has been feasting in that area uh, so far uh, since, let's say, week two. The Steelers moved second-round pick Joey Porter into the starting lineup as an outside corner and moved Patrick Peterson into the slot. I haven't been impressed by Patrick Peterson uh, recently, so this should be a good spot for Christian Kirk, as we talked about in Stats versus Film. K-9 
Calvin Ridley, so many sideline routes, clearing up safeties, and Christian Kirk is benefiting since 2022 in this exact role. Kirk has been the wide receiver 14 and half PPR points. So just shout out to him. And Doug Peterson, just before we went live, announced that Zay Jones would miss this week. They have their bye next week. Mm-hmm. And so he probably won't be back till what is that week 10? Week 10. Right. And by the way, Christian Kirk, I don't know what he was taking before the yeah. game or not, but he was flying. He's never game. moved that fast. He that has never wild. moved that fast. DJ Moore opens tier three. That means he's your wide receiver 21. Um, DJ Moore hasn't typically been like the steadiest wide receiver, but he is right. this year, even with like Tyson Bajant as his quarterback, when factoring in Tyson Bajant is his quarterback. It's he's been out of control. Look at this. This is completion percentage over expected and EPA per target, which is like basically target efficiency. DJ Moore just chilling by himself. Like usually it's like the Travis Kelsey's and the Tyree kills that are breaking my models. Well, that's what DJ Moore has been doing. You can look at that two ways. One DJ Moore is an absolute superstar and keep firing them up. Or number two is it's completely unsustainable. The fact that he's lapping the field uh, in both of these categories, those things will regress obviously with Tyson Bajan, but the Chargers secondary is the actual problem of the defense. It's no longer the run defense. They've got the run defense figured out. When's the last time Derwin James has been making plays? And the Chargers two corners right now are both bottom six in PFF coverage grade right now after sending JC Jackson away. The secondary, not the run game, has been the problem for Los Angeles. I will add with Bajan as a full-time starter last week, uh, DJ Mord's dot was uh, 3.3 yards. So just something to keep in mind that okay. dropped considerably, obviously, versus the Washington Commanders game that we saw him vertical route after vertical route mm-hmm. over and over again. Your wide receiver 22 is Drake London. Why not? Why can't it be Drake London's time? This is against the Tennessee Titans, as we talked about. Um, the discourse around Desmond Ritter is the first four games were crap, questioning if he could finish the season. The last three games, especially the Texans one, you can pluck many positives from when you face the Tennessee Titans, despite what we've seen in one performance this year, you can't run on them. Um, So this is a Desmond Ritter time to shine. And if you can do it, then it's probably going to be through Drake London and Cal Pitts. The Falcons are passing the ball more now because I think Ritter has earned it compared to a ground game that has not been the same uh, this season. The Falcons uh, have been getting the ball to Drake London, who's now wide receiver 20 in usage over the last month. And then the Tennessee Titans, 28th against the pass, and according to EPA, 25th against fantasy wide receivers. And that includes, with Kevin Byard, a Pro Bowl-level secondary piece. So the Falcons should be able to pass the ball uh, on the road here. And I just think Drake London is a star waiting to happen. So moved him up considerably now that I've seen the Falcons uh, not abandon the run, but have abandoned the run compared to where it's been at times dating back to last year with Marcus Mariota. DK Metcalf versus the Cleveland Browns is your wide receiver 23 on the week. This Cleveland Browns defense has allowed just three top 30 scoring wide receivers a season, and two of them were last week in both Josh Downs and Michael Pittman. Yeah, this is just a tough spot for DK Metcalf. Uh, He should be able to play because he was a full participant. He said he's going to play out there, but it's just a really bad spot in general. The Browns are forcing all their passes to the sideline and deep downfield. Those are very boom bust and offenses facing them have chosen to run the ball at the highest rate in the league. So everything's working against these um, Browns players, wide receivers facing the Browns. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? 
you have a night in. Room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. George Pickens versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm actually shocked you might don't have George Pickens a little bit higher than this. I mean, this Jaguars defense is very, very good. But, I mean, George Pickens is on a bit of a heater. He's at 100 yards in back-to-back games for the first time in his career. He now has three 100-yard games this season through six games after just one all of last year. There's been a difference in his usage over the last two games. I've seen them put him in like three by one and four by one isolated sets. And he's not just winning on these sideline grabs. He certainly is still making a ton of those, but I've seen him win on slight routes. I've seen him win up the seam on occasion. I've seen a couple dig routes. Is it perfect yet? No, but he's actually running them. And the focal point of the offense has been the Steelers trying to get, uh, uh, both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens moving over the little bit more over the middle. And that's been a big difference for him. He had a 32% target share last week and last season, it was Deontay Johnson kind of working in these three by one sets this year. It's been George Pickens a little bit. I think that Deontay is going to play. If Deontay does miss with that hamstring, uh, I will move George Pickens up even higher than this, but I do think that he's a real improving player that's not just a sideline circus act. To me, he's looking more and more like a, what a true number one wide receiver should look like. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver 25. Uh, if Zach Wilson can handle Wink Martindale's blitz looks and pressure looks, Garrett Wilson is going to have a number of opportunities in isolated matchups against rookie corners. And that should benefit us. Again, if Zach Wilson, who I think has taken a step forward, that doesn't mean he's average, but a step forward this season. I agree with you. Wide receiver five in usage for Garrett Wilson, but still the wide receiver 28. It's been more or less that long touchdown uh, for him. The Giants defense, though, has some problems in the secondary. Uh, Not only are they starting the rookie corners out there, but PFF has a Dory Jackson as the worst coverage uh, player in the league this season. Um, so they're scheming up Garrett Wilson in, in predictable ways here. The pick'em lobby loves him at 60.5 receiving oh. yards, but the Jets scoring touchdowns, that's a whole nother ball game. And the way that Brees is running right now, I think that it's gonna be a very conservative. So uh still like Garrett Wilson as like an upside play, but the floor obviously can always fall out, especially with a chaos defense like Wink has. So the wide receiver 15 in consensus is your wide receiver 26 this week. That is Chris Olave at the Indianapolis Colts. Talk to me. Well, this is where he's kind of been just over the last couple seasons here. Uh, Chris Olave since the beginning of 2022 is the wide receiver 30 in fantasy points per game. 
he gets there with yards, but he's not a red zone threat like other wide receiver ones. And with Alvin Kamara back in the lineup, his target shares went from 31% to 21%. The Saints have been in really weird games. They're like top five in play volume and pass volume. I don't think that's what the Saints want to be. So if he stays at like 20 to 25% targets in that volume as a team, dips down, then I'm going to be concerned about Chris Olave. And then when they get to the red zone, you can throw in your Taysom Hill bullshit. Alvin Kamara is going to get the work down there. So Calvin Ridley, after our lengthy discussion in stats versus film, checks in for you here in the mid-20s. Again, I'll go back to my case where I think there is some connection between Zay Jones being in this lineup, which then prevents Calvin Ridley from having to do all the dirty work of routes, downfield, outside the numbers. And to that point, 56% of his targets are further than 10 plus yards on the field, while 60% of his targets are outside the numbers. I mean, it's exactly this chart that you're talking about. So those might hit sometimes, and those are more likely to hit against a Steelers secondary that has been got the season, but it's not the easy stuff that we were hoping for. And that I think we probably will get more often once say Jones returns, I don't know, in three weeks. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, it's just, he's in the boom bust wide receiver three conversation, which is a massive disappointment. He still can have big games. Certainly he will see some of Joey Porter, that early second round rookie corner that I was talking about. Usually offenses like to pick on these players. Joey Porter does seem to be, fairly good and Calvin Ridley to me isn't separating with that speed that I've been used to um so I'd like to see that a couple times for the most part when he has been winning this year it's been winning right next to the sideline in kind of contested situations I haven't seen as much like yards after the catch appeal with Calvin Ridley so hoping that happens but in the meantime wide receiver three land I mean, I think it's very different because they're basically using him as the X wide receiver, whereas when he was fantastic in Atlanta, he was kind of that Z or that F that you kind of move around a lot and get free releases and, you know, uh, not be the isolated player like Julio Jones was. Right. Yeah. The usage is down all the way. Wide receiver 45. So like that's just the difference in fantasy land. Just so hard. And then again, I'll cite that last week, Trevor Lawrence was, you know, 2.2 seconds of time to throw and his A dot was second lowest in the league. So, okay. Marquise Brown's coming up. Talk about downfield targets and a lot of yards on the field. Uh, he's only pulled in 11 of his last 28 targets that he's seen. It's been a brutal run out. He's the wide receiver 10 over the last month in usage, but wide receiver 34 in production. I'm middling it this this time around. Dobbs played his worst football recently, but he actually was playing fairly well early on. We're very close to a Kyler Murray return, by the yeah. way, fully practicing, completely off the injury report. They haven't said he's going to start or not. Something on my radar with the trade deadline looming for both Marquise and Kyler Murray, if you want a really galaxy brain. But assuming this is Josh Dobbs, the inconsistent play that Marquise Brown has, very similar actually to Calvin Ridley. I've seen him do it before, but the baseline is inconsistent play uh, from the wide receiver threes. Deontay Johnson, we will monitor his status. He was uh, do not participate in practice, did not participate in practice back on, I think, Wednesday. So we'll see. And then Hayden to finish this tier, Cortland Sutton as your wide receiver 30 up against the Kansas City Chiefs. After restarting my computer, went on to Twitter, now called X, and Deontay Johnson is practicing in full on Friday, so we have him back in the lineup. My note on Deontay is teams facing the Jaguars on defense are choosing to pass the ball at the highest rate in the NFL neutral situation, so that's good news for Deontay and George Pickens with Pat Fryermuth on injured reserve. And then Cortland Sutton's been getting it done 
in the end zone, everything else has been a little hit and miss for him. He looks good to me on tape, but he has like 2.4 more touchdowns than his usage would indicate. And we'll see how much longer Russell Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback with that <laughs> contract looming. So I'm trying to get off of Cortland Sutton, but in the meantime, he just keeps finding the end zone. Well, let's see if any of these names in tier four belong above Cortland Sutton. And tier four begins with Tank Dell as your wide receiver 31. I absolutely love this. We haven't really seen Tank Dell in a long time. Right. Missed about half a game with a concussion, then obviously missed a week, then was on a bye. What we remember of Tank Dell is explosive player. And I want to add that Robert Woods is going to miss this game on Sunday on top of that. I could see maybe even more volume in the direction of Tank Dell than we were anticipating for the, not breakout rookie, but overachieving rookie. Let's put it that way. Completely agree. I think he's got a chance to be a two wide receiver set starter and a near full-time player without Robert Woods. And in the four games before he was starting to deal with those injuries, he was averaging at least nine expected half PPR points, which gets him into this kind of flex conversation. Great matchup. Uh, CJ Stroud improving post by rookie bump for both Tank Dell and CJ Stroud. So make sure he's not hanging out on a waiver wire in like a 10 person league. Uh, Pick and lobby also likes him up at 45 and a half receiving yards. I would not be surprised if we're talking about a post post route or a double move down the field that gets home. Yeah. I mean, we have seen the Texans hit chunk plays to tank Dell. Just look back at that Jaguars contest. And by the way, Mm -hmm. Jaguars defense has shown out to be one of the better ones in the league. And the Panthers are allowing wide receivers to catch 62.5 percent of their targets on throws 10 plus uh, yards down the field that's 28th in the nfl so i'm starting to take down a league this week I'm there excited. you go it sounds like brian burns is not going to play this week for the panthers yeah well. elbow injury uh picked it up during yesterday's practice yeah. right around the trade deadline time a little trade um, <laughs> um but he's getting like a second opinion on it and if he's not even out there they just lost yitor gross matos as well it's over <laughs> it's over t higgins is it over hayden T. Higgins at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, what T. Higgins really needs for a season to get started is passes 10 plus yards down the field to be completed by Joe Burrow. And that just hasn't happened so far this season. I believe he's 0 for 11 on 15 yard air yard targets this year. That will obviously regress, but it's just been so inconsistent for T. Higgins. I just look back just to kind of reset the baseline since 2022. He's the wide receiver 37 per game in half PPR. Now, a lot of that's with injuries he's left games halfway through so you have to kind of factor that in but playing in san francisco is no joke only positives here both higgins and burrow are completely off the injury report not even full participants completely off of it so this should be a good get right spot for a full participant for t higgins just the production has not met the fantasy rankings for the last uh 12 months Man, this is an interesting grouping because Christian Watson is next uh, as your wide receiver 33 this week after moving all Thursday night football. He's facing the Minnesota Vikings and Brian Flores's funky blitz looks that he throws right. up there. Since return to action, he's caught just eight of 16 targets for 143 yards and a score. And 77 of those 143 were on a singular play. So like we keep talking about it. We knew what Christian Watson was with Aaron Rodgers. We don't know exactly what he is with Jordan Love to me. Boom bust player to me. They'll try to scheme him up a little bit. Uh, Positives for him. Full participant in practice this week. He's been in and out of the lineup since returning with hamstring injuries and just other lingering injuries. Pick him lobby has him at 45 and a half receiving yards. I'm with you. I'm 
confused if Jordan Love is going to be able to handle this weird defense. Uh, hopefully his center is back in action this week. But Christian Watson, very boom bust. I will say, players like T. Higgins and Christian Watson being ranked this low is we always talk about injuries this week. It feels like there's not that many injuries. And when I went back to look at the top 60 overall picks uh, going into the season, only five of them are supposed to miss action. So the depth at running back and wide receiver feels really good this week. Obviously we've, we miss Justin Jefferson and Nick Chubb and stuff, but for the most part, we're looking pretty healthy this week without buy. So these players, it seems shocking to see them rank so low, but I feel like pretty good about this kind of wide wide receiver two, three flex kind of tier. I'd like to see LaFleur scheme him up some yards after catch opportunities, kind of like we talked about. Was it Debo Samuel against this Vikings defense too, where they're going to mm-hmm. send some isolated looks? And, Ayuk, yeah. Yeah, and and because of that, we know that Christian Watson, to me, has some yards after catch capabilities. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to see some easier opportunities in that department. Okay, Rasheed Rice, probably the highest he's ranked on this list for you so far this year. Wide receiver 34. This is at the Denver Broncos with Justin Watson sidelined. Rasheed Rice ran a route on a season-high 64% of team dropbacks, and even when he was playing fewer snaps when they played two weeks ago, he caught all four of his targets for a season-high 72 yards. It's an eruption spot for Rice, according to the charts. He should miss Patrick Sertan as well because he plays at 59% of his snaps into the slot. The cornerback two in Denver is the second worst in coverage grade right now. Uh, so it just depends on how many routes he's going to run. It's gone up recently, but I will note, it seemed like Justin Watson was going to miss a lot of time. He's been practicing in full this week. So that's going to be the, the tough spot is how we're going to dice up all these routes, especially with Nicole Hardman getting his second uh, week back in there. So I'm going to try to read up on the athletic and ESPN to see where this wide receiver rotation is. But in the meantime, I'm going to have, relatively in check expectations. I'm waiting for Rice, who I think is by far the best real wide receiver on the team to get up there for 80% snaps and I'll rank them super aggressively. But right now everything's in flux with Watson and McCall Hardman potentially getting back in the mix. Just 41 and a half receiving yards. This is higher or lower in the pick and lobby over an underdog fantasy. Again, just put up 72 against them just a few weeks ago. Um, Josh Downs from rookie to rookie. We mm-hmm. continue here. Um, Josh Downs had a massive week. Uh, big part of that was a broken play, but it was against the Browns defense. Great. And we know that Gardner Minshew loves throwing in his direction. And this is a player who isn't to me, your typical slot wide receiver, because it's not just catch it within 10 yards and we fall down and we're just volume sponges. Uh, instead he's actually a fun player. And I like this. Completely agree with you. Can work downfield. Seems like a headsy player. Good chemistry as well. And Alec Pierce is just running wind sprints as usual. Uh, Over the last month, Downs is up to the wide receiver 43 and half PPR usage. Pick and lobby likes him too. 45 and a half receiving yards. So uh, you could do worse. Okay. I'm going to throw a bunch of names up here because they're kind of in this range. Michael Thomas, Joshua Palmer, and Amari Cooper. And this one frustrates me because... No doubt in my mind, Amari Cooper could be having a much better season. Uh, we've seen that in two or three weeks, but we've also seen two weeks like with P.J. Walker and some others where it just hasn't hit either. So when you get the high variance-ness of like that wide receiver two, wide receiver three, plus bad quarterback play, yeah. then this is what you're getting out of it uh, for a player to me that if we got good quarterback play attached to him, could have finished the season as like a top 15 wide receiver. 
completely agree, Jess. The Browns are last in red zone targets in the NFL. They run the ball a ton when they get down there, and they also just don't get down there very often. This week, they get the Seahawks. Jamal Adams and Devin Witherspoon are in the starting lineup. That makes that unit pretty tough to go against. I think the big news in this tier, though, is Josh Palmer. He hasn't practiced this week. We'll see what happens on Friday with a knee injury. Let's say Palmer plays. He would get up to like the wide receiver three kind of range just because that's where he's been without Mike Williams. But I need to see a full practice before I can actually trust him. If Palmer misses, the only players left is obviously Keenan Allen. Quinton Johnson would be into two wide receiver sets because the only other wide receiver to run a route is Darius Davis, who was Quinton Johnson's teammate, who's about a 5'8", 165 gadget player, special teamer, fourth round pick. So there'd be a lot of pressure on Quinton Johnson to get home. But as a reminder, the Chargers are projected for the second most points. So if Josh Palmer misses, I'm going to have a very, very uncomfortable, high ranking for Quinton Johnson, a player that I don't really like at all. But I love Justin Herbert in this spot. So pay attention to the Josh Palmer versus Quinton Johnson stuff because I can't put Darius Davis of all players ranked that high. And the target's got to go somewhere. Wide receiver 39 and 40, Tyrell Lockett and Jerry Judy. Uh, anything you want to say about that duo? Really tough matchups for players that I think don't look fully the same this week or this year versus last year. Okay. I mean, we're going to continue on through this, even though hopefully you can make your decision out of this top 40 names. Um, but I'm going to throw like four at you and we can discuss okay. them uh, because one of these is shocking to me. Kendrick Bourne is wide receiver 41. Josh Reynolds is wide receiver 42. DJ Chark is wide receiver 43. And Romeo Dobbs is wide receiver 44. What has DJ Chark shown you this season to earn even a mention on this list? Have you seen his, his numbers and targets and usage and all that fun stuff? It's been well it's numbers. Been yeah, I see fine enough. I, I see receptions. I see yards and right. it's not very much. It's it's fine enough. Like, for example, he's the wide receiver 49 in usage. The Panthers are projected for more points than they have all season. Jonathan Mingo certainly has been doing anything. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not my favorite ranking, but this is this is what we get with uh, a new play caller. Um, Josh Reynolds is obviously my favorite of this list. Uh, when Jared Goff's kept clean, he's the quarterback one in PFF grade. Even with Max Crosby, the Raiders can't run routes or uh, pass the uh, rush the passer. And we just had the offensive coordinator make a statement on Jamison Williams, and it wasn't pretty. They're still saying that he needs a lot of development, and Josh Reynolds is still out there for like 75% of the uh, routes. So I think he has okay odds of finding the end zone compared to someone like DJ Chark. Yeah, I mean, DJ Chark over the last three games, a whopping 28, 42, and 26 receiving yards. Gotta love it. The guy can't separate. It's, it's a big issue. Um, but, you know, he is going to run a ton of routes because TMJ just wants to uh, get out of there. So Yes, yes, he does. Okay, Brandon Cooks. Ooh, Brandon Cooks. Curtis Samuel, Wondell Robinson, and KJ Osborne are the next four. This is where things get really wonky. Curtis Samuel is questionable to play. Brandon Cooks has made one play in the end zone where he was still tightly covered on that one. Uh, people are mad at us for talking about Wandell Robinson the way that we do. And then, yeah, I guess KJ Osborne's in the mix, but he's no TJ Hawkinson or Jordan Addison. It, it is an interesting point for Brandon Cooks because I mean he's been so productive for so long. And then you feel like he finally has an impact on a game. Then you look back, it's like four receptions for 36 right, yards and a contested cut touchdown. And it's just not working out. It's just a function, though, that they're still projected for like 26 points. And right. like 
who is it's not it's probably not michael gallup michael Gallup to me looks even worse than brandon cooks like jake ferguson for whatever reason can't buy a touchdown and same thing with tony pollard so how are they scoring points who's got somebody's got to step up maybe it's brandon cooks okay the reason i made this list so long is one you already talked about quentin johnson but your wide receiver 50 this week is deandre hopkins and you're not alone like consensus rankings has him as like wide receiver 44 um no one's a fan of will levis well, I'll just say this. We have a Will Levis breakdown on our channel, I, be- I believe. Did we? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Just go watch that if you want my takes on uh, <laughs> Will Levis. It's it's not good. And Traylon Burks is back. And the yeah. Titans team total is miserable right now. Like, just as a reminder, going back to uh, just the basic chart here, it's like, I mean, my goodness. Literally. This is my big fear in drafting. Well, the reason why I avoided DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's caught just 57.4% of his targets this year. That's his lowest yeah. rate since 2017. And I'm not saying it's just him. The environment that he's in, too, is, is a factor in that. But, like, once we saw the little cliff, to me, it's just bottoms out after that. The one name I think should be mentioned in the top 50. Okay. JSN. Yeah. JSN. Why? Sell me. Well, prior to DK Metcalf leaving this lineup due to injury, JSN was basically like a full-time player. Playing like 70%. So like we have that in our bag of 70% is not full time. It's very different than what we were getting of, hey, this is a 50-50 split between 11 personnel and 12 personnel. Mm -hmm. To me, they want to feature JSN far more than they did in the first four or five games of the season. And now we are in the direction of him being a featured part of this offense. I really do believe that. Uh, I think in theory they want to get that done, but he just hasn't been like – earning any targets i was looking at like yards per route run wide receiver 66 he's the wide receiver 82 out of 95 qualifiers in pff grade pick him lobby doesn't like him only at 33 and a half yards i there hasn't been a play that like stuck out to me but is, isn't that like the first two weeks or the first four weeks excuse me where i mean it was clearly not working out in these last two weeks granted last week he was like in two wide receiver sets kind mostly with jake bobo and all that stuff but but like, like the last two weeks have been like fine. Like to me, the last two weeks have been better than what we are getting from DJ Chark. Right. Well, by the way, I looked back at the DJ Chark. You said the last three games, and then the the last four games includes an eleven target, eighty six yard game, and a touchdown. You had to leave that one out. I haven't seen JSN do that once. Um, my my mostly my point is is the Browns defense the way that they function uh, is they're only allowing deep targets down the sideline. Obviously, that's not going to be where JSN has won or is going to win. And I just haven't seen JSN play well. Like he scored a touchdown last week, but it was because of a busted coverage against the Cardinals. There's a whole nother matchup. I would like to see some evidence for him to get there. Like, yes, in theory he can get there, but I haven't seen an 11 target game or, or air yards or anything out of JSN. And this is the hardest matchup, uh, not just against fantasy points, but also like there's the Browns do not let balls get thrown over the middle of the field. And that's where JSN lives. So, um, in a really deep league, I think you can get away with it just in hopes we get a post by rookie bump thing going, but that would have to come at the expense of a Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf rankings. And I already have those guys ranked fairly low in this. Okay. Good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, there is no Germany or London game this Sunday morning. So you get to spend it with us. Uh, I would say probably around like 1130. We'll be on here. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Um, I so guess. questions about your lineup save them up for that sunday morning we'll be answering those for an hour and a half 
leading up to kickoff uh, if I survive. <laughs> You're 50-50. 50-50. I, mean, I, am, I am beyond questionable right now. for You earned a sub. How about that? For week eight. All right, everyone. And shout out to producer Weaves for the magic he has worked on this show. Uh, we'll see you all then. Up the villa. Talk to you all soon. See ya.